by no one's demand but our own for a midnight, literally, edition of the 615 Sessions podcast, powered by Tennessee Tickets, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. The first round of the NFL draft has concluded. The Titans have taken with the 29th overall pick, the Georgia tackle at, at 6'7", 350 pounds, the man that they call Bunny, and the man who I selected in the A to Z Sports Media Mock Draft, Isaiah Wilson. Joining me now, not quite the size of Isaiah Wilson, but we'll see what it looks like after quarantine, is Joe Rexrode <laughs> of The Athletic. Buddy, how are you? Don't sell me short, man. I'm, I'm getting there. Well, 6'7 I, or 3'5"? I won't be 6'7", though. It'll yeah. have to be a little bit more horizontal. Okay, so there are a variety of things that we have to discuss. Apparently, Vrabel's son was or was not on the toilet in, in the midst of the live <laughs> draft broadcast. I seem to have missed that entirely, which is right up my alley, and so now I'm kind of pissed about it. But more importantly, they took a position in the first round after we had, and, and the audience will hear from John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and Isaiah Wilson in the entirety of this at the end of our conversation. Um, but they took a position that they seem to already have a starter at in the first round after seeing some action, quote, fizzle out in an attempt to trade out of 29. I guess your initial reaction to Isaiah Wilson as the pick in a, in a draft where if they weren't going to trade out, and I think you were right on about the leverage being gone with the drafting of Jordan Love at to the Green Bay Packers, which is a, a different subject entirely that we can discuss if we have the time. But um, your your initial thoughts? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. You know, I think that was the the real hope there is that it would be someone who coveted Love, who wanted to jump in there. Uh, that would have been their opportunity to get out of there. Because I think a lot of teams probably want to get out of there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, take advantage of the depth of this draft and know that uh, they'd be fine and get the guy they liked a few picks lower. So, you know, at that point, once Love went to the Packers, they're like, okay, well, they're definitely going to have to pick at 29, and they did. And I was surprised. I thought, Buck, that we'd probably see a cornerback there. And, you know, primarily because, um, you know, I think a cornerback, and I think that's probably coming real soon, comes right in and starts for this team. Isaiah Wilson, I would not expect to come in and start for this team. They did talk about uh, Robinson and Vrabel talked with us about, you know, them competing. Of course they'll compete. Uh, but it seems to me, Buck, that this is a, a bit of a future pick, but it's also to me a little bit of a look at that tackle situation. First of all, when you know you think about Conklin versus Kelly, and I think the big difference, and where Conklin has a big edge, is as a run blocker, as a physical presence. And I think his pass blockers are, you know, the, uh, you know, very similar. Okay, right. But 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 Conklin, much more powerful, athletic guy athletic in terms of imposing his will and and clearly you know this pick is is that kind of guy you know it's it's it speaks to how they want to play football and so i think to me it's not the best win now pick that you could have here but if you love the guy and and you think he's going to be great then you know he he becomes your long-term guy over, you know, in a sh- pretty short period of time. And this year he's probably an apprentice. He's probably a goal line guy in those jumbo packages and things like that. I'd so it's no longer but... number 71 is reporting eligible. Now it's number 70, whatever the hell he's going to wear. I think he was 79 in college, yeah? yeah exactly, yeah. And and we'll see. We, we may get to see his hands, too, at some point. Yeah. Um, so, But, no, I was surprised. You know, but this is one of those things where these picks, we can all sit here and say, why didn't you do this or this, this position, that position? I mean, a lot of it comes down to the guy that you picked and how you feel about that guy. And I will say, Buck, in talking to him and then hearing those guys talk about him, I mean, I think they fell in love with his personality. And I think to, to speak for us here for a second, totally selfishly, yeah. we're going to have fun with this guy. We're going to have a lot of fun with this guy. Jack Conklin was a very, very nice human being, and I'm very happy that this guy seems to not have the personality of an offensive lineman. I'm very pleasantly surprised by that, given uh, given how offensive linemen can be in interview settings. The, so I wasn't, I wasn't totally taken aback by it, because uh, to be completely truthful, like we did the A to Z sports media mock, and I took... I took Isaiah Wilson with my pick, largely because everybody else was taking quarters and, you know, just for the sake of, of something different, I thought that would that made a lot of sense. But not only that, but John spoke to the idea that they fell in love with him at the Combine, and that was something that I was hearing very, very strongly 
that kind of factored into my opinion on that. Now, did I think he would? I, I, given how the tackle situation broke, I think this is why we can't trust mock drafts at all. Because the guy who was supposed to be the consensus top tackle, according to all the mock draft experts, in Worfs went fourth out of all of the out of the top tackle class, and then they find themselves with Isaiah Wilson late in the first. Um, I think it speaks to the future of what this team is going to look like, and I think that future, much to Joe Rexroad's delight, would involve Derrick Henry and an an identity that is focused on running the football and ground and pound and continuing to exist the way that they have. Uh, And I think, honestly, Joe, I think that they're looking for somebody to push Dennis even as soon as this year. I I don't doubt that he's the starter whenever training camp or whenever things return to some semblance of normalcy and they have actual football practices. I don't doubt that Dennis is that guy, but like at this time of year, Kevin Pomfield was going to start at guard for them and was going to be uh, going to be the missing piece on their offensive line. And the guy didn't make a single start and didn't, was it was a healthy scratch. Uh, and this is a much different situation, but I think that overall, I think I like the skill the skill set of Isaiah Wilson more than I like Jack Conklin's skill set. Am I am I too far off in saying that? Like I think they have a more balanced player on the offensive line with him on the roster. Mm, yeah, I think that's a massive stretch. Um, no, I'm not saying the guy doesn't have refinement, but I'm saying in pass protection, like Jack Conklin, thoroughly average. No. Um, yeah, I mean he wasn't he wasn't elite, but I think you're asking a lot for this guy to come in and be as good at Jack, as Jack Conklin was in pass protection right away. I'd no, no, shocked. I'm not saying right away. I'm and, saying and, on the whole, they have a better re- – they, they have a prospect that needs refinement, but on the whole, the skill set shapes up to be more well-rounded. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the thing. If it, if it is well-rounded, they're going to have a great player, you know, because Conklin was – uh, you know, obviously he was all pro as a, as a rookie. And then we know everything that happened after that. I thought he was very good last year. I thought he was great as a run blocker. I thought overall he was very good. If this guy's well-rounded, if we'll, cause, cause to me, I still, and, and you know, John Robinson talked about, Hey, it's hard to get around him on stuff, but you know, we'll see when he's pl- playing these guys who are, who are coming after the quarterback. You know, I, I still think, Six seven three fifty. It's I'm computing that, and and I'm like, man, I that's there's got to be a little bit of, of reshaping right ahead for this guy, and and also you know just watching him. I mean, I I, I didn't see an elite pass protector. I I see a ton of talent. If he is well rounded, as you say, and he and he's an all around player, because I, I I think the other side of it, I think he could be as good or better than Conklin right now. And, and that's in the terms of, of being a powerful player. Um, but yeah, if, if you're right and he's well-rounded, then I think this is going to end up being a great pick. And I think you're right, Buck, about, um, you know, that this speaks to Derrick Henry a little bit. I mean, I think this does. It, it kind of tells you, like, yeah, you know, probably going to have that dude for a few years. So let's put personnel in place who, you know, that will complement what we like to do with him. I, I, I think you have to look at it that way. And by the way, congrats to you for being a lot less insufferable than I would have expected for getting this correct. Well, I haven't had the chance. I mean, I was in the middle, <laughs> I was, I was in the middle of a draft show, then I had to hop onto the call with Isaiah Wilson late, and then we went right to the Zoom call with Vrabel and Robinson. Like, I, I texted our dear friend Julian Council, and he said I would shove this down Nashville's throat if I got it right. And I fully intend to. I just haven't yet had the opportunity. Rex wrote, it's just now midnight, and we are just now sitting down to recap on this pod. It's going to be a very long night for both of us and a very long rest of the week, but this is the most normal I've felt in God knows how long, and I'm so happy that this actually happened, virtually or not. I, uh, they, can't, they can't go anywhere else but corner, right, though, uh, in, the next, in the next round? Like, it's, it's, the depth is comforting, I guess, and the way that the draft broke where you saw Gladney not go until, I believe, 31 later, uh, I, I don't, you, you may have to remind me, did Fulton get taken already? No, I think, yeah, I was about to say, I think Christian Fulton is still on the board. And I think in a perfect world, the idea would have been to trade back. I, I think that they may still have been able to find uh, uh, Isaiah Wilson in the second round and also been able to come up with a corner of their choosing had things worked out at 29 the way that they, they had wanted them to. But the next pick has to be corner. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I guess... Yeah. 
you know, unless again, there's just someone you're absolutely in love with that receiver or something. And you're like, man, the corner depth is still good. We'll get guys, but this guy is just too, too good uh, to pass up on. But yeah, I mean, if, right now, if you said, what's the percentage chance, you know, if you put percentages on different positions, I would say I'm about 80% that the next picks a corner. Um, and then it's a question of, you know, do they, how, how good do they really feel about the depth? Is there someone they covet that they might try to move up, uh, you know, to grab, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think a corner very soon and possibly another one later. And also again, this pick to me, Buck, you know, it, it speaks again to the suspicion that they feel good about having a real shot at getting Jadavion Clowney oh, and making that work. Oh, you read my mind. Look at you. You've been doing sports talk radio for a little while. You got the transitions figured out. Joe Rex wrote professional <laughs> broadcaster here. Oh, yes, exactly. The smooth, smooth stylings. The dulcet no, I mean, tones. I mean, yes, yes. But Rex you, I mean, wrote after so dark. <laughs> but you're, you're with me on that then, right? I mean, like I, to me, it was like if, if they don't get a front seven piece early right away, I, I, then I'm – I've got to keep thinking that, that they really have a shot here at Clowney. They're in it, uh, without question. This, this is a luxury pick. And in a, in, a, in, a, in a time where one would think they did not have the luxury, but they apparently think that they do. And I, again, the Clowney thing, it changes with his mood, right? He just refuses to bring his asking price down to what is reasonable within the market. And what's reasonable within the market is closer to 16 or 17 million. And by the way, that's about all the Titans can afford after they get through this, this rookie, uh, rookie draft pool for what they'll have to pay somewhere just a little over $5 million of the $21 million that they have remaining. Um, yes, this is absolutely the case. And there just seems to be nobody else willing to pay Jadavion Clowney, which is the thing that reinforces this opinion. Uh, there, is, there is a very real possibility that the Tennessee Titans are... Uh, are arming themselves for a run at this thing right now. And in any other circumstance, I would balk at the idea that any team is one player away from being a true contender, but they were already contenders last year. And Clowney, if he wants a short-term deal anyway, pay him the 16 and a half or $17 million and let's ride with it. Then you can be rid of him after the year is done. Like this thing makes too much sense. And honestly, the draft sets up for them pretty well to have this flexibility and I think they're totally comfortable with it. I think Mike Vrabel wants Clowney, and I think he's going to get him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you said, with Clowney, I mean, clearly he had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Um, and I think probably is now thinking, okay, well, I'm going to need a prove-it year. Um, maybe not, but but I think that's a possibility. And the great thing for the Titans is that there is a pre-existing relationship because I don't think you could feel good about this if you didn't have that. Um, so well, and the medical yeah, stand I, in the way of all of this, right? Like we, we have no idea. Absolutely. No, no question. But, you know, I think, uh, as long as things have been taken care of as reported and as stated by him, you know, then I think it would be a surprise if a physical turned anything up other than what's expected. Uh, so, um, no, look, man, I, if they were to get him and, and again, what if it is, uh, okay, I'll prove it for a year at 15, if it's that guy, I think you know, you've got a real chance with this defense to be a, a real problem for people. And I think you know you, you cannot possibly, um, you know, when you talk about evaluating a secondary, which I think is is very good, uh, think about how much better that is with a guy who commands that kind of attention. I don't care that he had three sacks last year. I think you want more production than that. But he is a problem. He draws attention. You can move him around. He's it would be a massive pickup and, um, you know, a potential to me, a, a piece that would have to make this team. I, if they're not already on, on the very short list of teams that could actually try to take a run at Kansas City, although, you know, Kansas City just keeps adding ridiculous skill to their like the Edwards so Alaire pick. I don't like I Clyde it. Edwards Alaire there. Oh, I love it, man. Do you? That's exactly that's. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's. Because that's exactly the kind of back. That's exactly how they use backs. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think he fits everywhere. I, I certainly don't think he is like a like a straight up first round pick talent. 
But there, I think he's going to be dynamic, dynamite. I think it's perfect for them. And they will use him perfectly. And now you got to deal with another guy who, because, you know, they've been fine there. They were fine there last year. But now I think you have a little bit more of a threat, like when they had Kareem Hunt, uh, to go with everything else. It's just not fair. Well, and I think I think my larger my larger idea with that is I understand that he fits what they do well, but there's so many people that could fit what they do well when they find Damian Williams on the scrap heap. I just think yeah. there's there's more there's more that can be done with the only first round running back taken being Edwards Alaire at the very last the very last pick of the first round. I just you know, I trust Andy Reid more than any offensive mind in professional football, I dare say. So let me not be the one who uh, who casts aspersions upon uh, the great fat man. But I, I don't know. I just think I like J.K. Dobbins v- much, much more in any offensive system than I do Edwards Alaire for for the same reasons that we're talking about him not being a him not being a fit anywhere. But with this team, I mean, they can make pretty much anybody work. No, that's true. I mean, you're right. I, I just think that he, in that one area, I think he's just really shifty sure. and great hands. And, I, you know, I think he's just a little extra on what they want to do. You're right. They could find other guys. And, and, and you could make a case, hey, um, you know, a guy like Dobbins, you know, a guy like Swift. I mean, those guys could also catch the ball back to and probably be better, more well-rounded backs. I just still think – he is he's going to be fun to watch in that system and there's just going to be so much real estate for him with everything else that they have you know but yeah i I think you make a a fair point there that um a lot of anybody would love would sign up to be in that and would probably look better for it so draft first round on the whole before we get you out of here because i don't want to keep you much longer and of course joe rex road will have something written for the athletic.com get your subscriptions actually I believe there's a ninety a ninety day free trial going on at the Athletic. Uh, That's right. Currently, during the time of the Rona, for your uh, for your reading purposes, Joe, what will you have prepared for the good people the next time that they log on to theAthletic.com? <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> See, you're laughing, got... and that's not a good sign. That's not a way. That's not a good way to sell it to the people. Bad job out of you, Rex Road. Oh man. Well, look. I think you know John Glennon will have all the uh, football nitty gritty on Isaiah Wilson. And again, he was really good. I thought tonight talking about, uh, talking about his game, talking about the Titans, a lot of interesting stuff there. So Glennon will have that side and I'm going to, I'm not sure what I'm you don't know what you're going to do. I'm sitting here trying to show you love. You have no idea what to write. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to write a little bit about that scene at the Vrabel household. That was that was pretty. Oh yeah, pretty I cool. completely glossed over that. Okay, <laughs> let's. There's there's a lot going on. I'm disoriented. It's twelve twenty two, and all I've had is is cold brew coffee at nine o'clock. I'm going insane in my office that I don't feel like I've left in six weeks. So let's set the scene before we move on because this is much more important than Tua going fifth overall and the rest of the draft going chalk uh, until the wide receivers kind of made things go a little extra haywire so set the scene for the people of mike vrabel's draft setup because i had started our a to z sports live streaming draft coverage and i was watching four different monitors at once so i did not get all of the the minutiae the details that social media appear to have picked up (laughs) well look i'll be honest with you too but at first i did not see the fourth person there were three young people in the shot um um, a young woman to Vrabel's far right sitting on a table. Then you had, um, I believe, a family friend who was living with them. He said, Jackson, of course, because, of course, we had to grill Mike Vrabel about this stuff after the draft. It's the most um, investigative reporting you or Jim Wyatt did tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he was doing something like that uh, they do at Braves games, but it was something to do with their high school baseball team. And then you had his son Carter with his Pro Bowl jersey on, to his left okay so it was kind of like they were kind of giggling and you know that's that's what it looked like to be like oh look, you got teenagers who were trying to be funny because like most a lot of these guys had their young kids in the office for a lot of their picks right and I, I i'm pretty sure like a lot of the guys who had 
kids were like guys who maybe you're a little on the hot seat a little bit, like, hey, like I have a family, but that's a totally separate issue. Uh, that's not the case, of course, for Mike Vrabel. He's got teenagers in the house that were having fun. But then his his oldest son, Tyler, was in the background sitting down. And this is where I didn't notice it at first, but people are tweeting, and there's all this stuff about, hey, there's someone on the toilet in the background. And it does kind of look that way. And in fact, even now on Twitter, I tweeted about what he said, and unfortunately, Ian Rappaport and Peter Schrager retweeted it, which oh, means my done. mentions oh. my mentions are just an, an absolute disaster. Oh. And I mean, every fifth person is sending me like a close up, like this is a lie, this is not true. You know, fake like, news, I, fake I mean, news, Joe Rexroad. But like, how would there be a bathroom that would open up that way? And you would, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't have rich people's basements, Rex Road. I have no idea what this, what this multi-million dollar mansion that that Mike Vrabel lives in looks like. I, I, they may have the fanciest of bathrooms. It could very well be a bidet because they live like rich people. I don't know. It would be like a, like a secret compartment, like Batman's house, you know, where like you touch the bookshelf and then you go in the secret room. No, it would have to be. That's Goodell's draft setup because that is a lie to tell me that that is Roger Goodell's basement. That is far too every man for the commissioner of the NFL who makes $44 million a year. That yeah, that is, was the that was the guest house basement. No, yeah. that's it. That's his personal like that's his personal chef's basement or something like that. <laughs> this this fraud Goodell in his casual sweater, good old Raj, getting casu- uh, casual for the people. Out of here. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, we, so anyway, so we have so a Vrabel, anyway. so we have yeah. a Vrabel child allegedly or not allegedly pooping in the background. Yeah, and he said, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't doing that. I'm going to take him in his word. Yeah, he said he was sitting on a stool, stool talking to his mom, and he didn't want to have anything to do with, and you know, this is a college kid. He, of course, he's an offensive tackle for Boston College, so he's not going to want to get into, like, you know, what, like, high school kids are going to want to do, right? So, um, I, I don't know, man. It will – I have a feeling – of course, you know, this, the – the phrasing is Tyler was sitting on a stool and that's how I wrote it. And so now there's a million. Yeah, it was a stool. All right. You know? So, I mean, Andy Staples just, you know, my own coworker coming in with, uh, you know, Oh yeah. Stool stool may have indeed been involved. I mean, like there's a million, I mean, it's so the it's internet's here for die. the poop jokes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, but Hey, it made for, <laughs> it made for an interesting night. And then Vrabel, uh, you know, as we know, you know, Vrabel likes to throw a chaw in every once in a while. And right on camera, he, he he went ahead and spit it out there, too. So there was just a lot of stuff going on in that shot. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 one of the more interesting for as for as loathe as I am to enjoy the NFL draft, because I really think this is the dumbest thing that we cover in all of sports media, like <laughs> like professionally, collegiately, whatever it is. This is the single stupidest thing that we spend our time on. And I'm one of the people who got a pick right tonight. I'm one of like five people in all of NFL media that actually got a pick right because they mean absolutely nothing and none of us actually know what's going on. Uh, but the, the, the Frozone thing, because I thought it was first a publicity stunt, and, you know, probably a little bit, because Vrabel, Vrabel and John Robinson are very, very, uh, very, very aware of how the franchise, uh, they want it to be perceived and they want people to engage with Titans things and to do interesting things that are going to go viral. And now they have accomplished that, not only by the coach of the Titans going on a left tackles podcast and saying that he'd chop his dick off for a Super Bowl, uh, (laughs) but now they have uh, a pooping kid in the background, allegedly or not allegedly. Well, and there, you know, that's the thing. There is good upside with Vrabel. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't always like to, to play ball on media stuff, which is fine. But here and there. Doesn't he, though? Say, I feel like he's pretty well, good. Well, he's fine. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's not like Mr. Mr. Press comes all the time, right? Like some people are all, always joking, all, all that stuff, always giving you fodder. It's not, that's not him. But here and there, he'll say something or, you know, someone around him will say something. I mean, his wife's hilarious that will, like you say, that'll just absolutely go viral. So, um, you know, I think we can count on one or two of these a year. And, uh, hey, that's enough for me. Uh, and that is enough Joe Rex wrote for me this evening. That is, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I didn't have a good transition there. And that I thought, was a very good transition. Well, I listen, good. I'm, again, I'm completely slap happy at this point because I know we have two more days of this godforsaken thing that we get to cover. <laughs> but it's good. It's back. It's normal. It's football. And we are all gracious for it. Here I was concerned that Joe Rex wrote Mighty Wordsmith 
would have have very limited time for me on the 615 Sessions podcast because, of course, he has some uh, some genius column coming later to theathletic.com. But no, indeed, he has no idea what to write about except for a child that may or may not have been pooping in the background of, uh, <laughs> of Vrabel's draft set. He is an adult, so, you know, he, he is a college kid. All right, so. fine. Well, let's end fair, and far, fair game, far, man. Far, <laughs> far be it for me uh, to call anybody a child at this point, <laughs> even though I feel like I'm aging every time we do one of these. Joe Rexroad, you can oh. follow him at Joe Rexroad and blow up his Twitter mentions with more poop jokes wherever it is that you would like to find him digitally. You can read him, of course, and our fine friends John Gledden, Adam Vingan on the Preds, and all of the other excellent work being done at TheAthletic.com. Get in right now because they are offering a 90-day free trial for all of us who are suffering through the Rona and need excellent journalism to read. My friend, I appreciate you doing this, and uh, we will see what the next two days bears out. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me, Buck. Okay, so on the way out the door, now that we have concluded our conversation with the mighty wordsmith Joe Rexroad, who in turn has nothing to write, so I suppose we should take away from him the title of mighty wordsmith, we're going to let you guys listen to the media conference calls with Isaiah Wilson, whom the Titans have selected in the first round, and then our full media conversation, our Zoom call with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel after the conclusion of tonight's first round. So first, let's start with Isaiah Wilson. All right, Isaiah is here for everyone. Teresa, you can start us off. Congratulations, Isaiah. And uh, had you met with the Titans before? And uh, what do you know about this team? Um, first off, I want to say thank you. And thank, I would like to thank God first and foremost. But um, I know this team is a team that has a great culture. Um, they they want to win. They do win. They like to run the ball and pound people, and they they throw the ball very well as, as well. Um, I'm just happy to be a part of the family. I'm, I'm ready to work. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, Isaiah. Congrats. Uh, did you have any any meetings with the Titans uh, pre-draft? What was kind of your impression of them uh, and kind of just uh, going along those lines? Did you have any inclination uh, that they might pick you before it actually happened? Um, I definitely had some some meetings, um, some pre-run meetings. I, I met at the combine. I had a Zoom or, or, or two maybe. Um, and I, I just felt like I got along very well with, with Coach Babel and a, a lot of other people uh, on the staff, and I, I, I think that I, I just want to be a part of the culture there. I, I love the culture there, and I want to be a part of it, and I'm ready to, to do whatever the team needs to succeed and win. Gentry? Yeah, hey, Isaiah, just tell me a little about uh, your last few years at Georgia. I know you dealt with some injuries, and do you feel like – you really got to, to show your best during the, the time there because you only had a couple of years. Um, I definitely think that I, I showed a, a great portion of my game, but I understand that I, I can improve in a lot of ways. Um, I'm, I'm just ready to work and be the best player I can be. That the, the best is ahead for me for sure. I would say just based off my potential and how much I know I can work to get better and little things I know about myself. Um, I also only had one injury that didn't really linger around or anything like that. So I was able to play my best football that I could play for for a large amount of time. Okay. What kind of uh, lacrosse player and wrestler were you, and how do you feel like those two things uh, contributed to your early football playing? Um, I definitely, I would say I was a, a mauler as a wrestler. Uh, got my hands inside often, learned how to use them, learned how to control other large men. Uh, and lacrosse, Lacrosse is a smaller person sport for the most part. A lot of the kids are going against a five eight, five ten, very shifty, quick, change of direction kind of guys. And you learn how to be laterally quick dealing with people like that that are giving you head fakes and close quarters and and other moves. 
so it definitely translates to football with keeping your hands inside, being vicious at the point of attack, and, and being able to mirror your opponent. Jim? Isaiah, uh, you talk about large men. You're going to be blocking for Derrick Henry now. You're going to be blo- uh, protecting Ryan Tannehill. Can you kind of talk about those two Titans, especially what it's going to be like to clear clear the way for Henry? Can you repeat the last part of that? Sorry. I think can you kind of describe what it's going to be like to be on the same team with Derrick Henry and try to open up holes for him? Um, it's definitely special. Um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity, and I'm just ready to work. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot of great things from Derrick Henry about run blocking, about where he expects his holes to be as a back that's been in the league for years. Um, Ryan Tannehill could definitely teach me certain things about protection, um, and other things of that nature. But I, I'm definitely planning on on learning from those guys and bettering my game off those guys and polishing up everything I do and trying to be the best player I can for the team. John Glennon. Hey, Isaiah. Um, what do you think you're, you uh, do best right now? What's the best part of your game? And, and what do you think you're trying to improve, you know, uh, as you go into the NFL? Um, I think the best part of my game right now is uh, I'm physical and I I enjoy beating people up. I enjoy running the ball. I enjoy trying to essentially breaking another man's will is uh, what I enjoy about the game. So I would say that's definitely my my strong suit. And the things I want to work on, just technique in general, pad level, hand usage, all all sorts of – technique things that I just want to polish up and get as much coaching as I possibly can to to work on those things and be the best I can for the team. Joe? You want me to step in with one for the athletic? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yeah, I... Isaiah, I know you uh, you talked about um, meeting with uh, Coach Brable a little bit, and what um, what do you think clicked when you talked with Coach Brable? What was the uh, what uh, what did you guys hit it off on? Um, I, I well, when I walked in, and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty big fella, and uh, we we had a little handshake there. Down. It, it was one of the, one of the things that definitely broke the ice. It was uh, pretty fun. And I connected with him right off the bat, and I, I definitely – I could see the type of culture that's in Tennessee because of who he is as a coach and as a person. And he's very genuine, and I can't I can't wait to play for him and try to do the best I can to help the team win and be a part of the culture and embrace the culture that is at Tennessee. Okay. Teron? Congratulations, Isaiah. My question to you is... I'm here. Being a... Okay. Hello? Go ahead, Boki. Okay. Isaiah, I'm curious. Have you always been one of the biggest guys around, or did you did you sort of hit a, a, a growth spurt at some point? And, and in what ways is it difficult for you to fit into the world sometimes, I think? Um, the only time it's difficult for me to fit in the world is uh, when I'm walking through a door. <laughs> That's probably my, uh, my only issue <laughs> for the most part. Um, and I've always been one of the biggest guys. I was 10 and I was 5'10". So I was standing over my teachers, standing over all my family members. Um, everyone I met pretty much I was my age didn't believe I was 10. So, so I've been big my whole life and, and I would say my only hard part of fitting in is getting through doors and probably shopping in stores. See, that's a just a little Go on, Teron. All right, let's try again. Uh, having played at Georgia in such a, a run-heavy scheme, you've seen a lot of zone uh, concepts and stuff like that. How do you think that will help you in such a, a season like this where you're not going to get that hands-on rep opportunity uh, during the offseason leading into camp? Um, kudos to Georgia. I think Georgia does a great job preparing their players for the next level. Um, I've, I've met over some film and talked about some things, and 
there's a few things that are a little bit similar to the scheme, a couple of tweaks here and there. Um, I think that can help me as I make this transition with the the this level precarity, like weirdness, awkwardness of this um of this time with with the pandemic going on. But I'm just ready to learn everything I can from from coach and and work hard to be the best I can for the team and do what I can to help win games and improve our season. Terry? Isaiah, do you expect as a first-round pick to be able to come in here and compete for a starting position right away? Um, I, I expect to do whatever coach needs me to do. I, I In my heart, I always felt I was a first-round pick all the way, but whatever coach needs me to do to help ensure the team victory and whatever I need to do, I, I, the team comes before me. I'm, of course, I'm going to compete my hardest and – whatever happens, happens, but if I need to play a certain package for the team or maybe I have to sit and learn behind the veteran, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the team needs me to do to win games. A to Z Sports. Hey, hey Isaiah, congratulations. Uh, just curious as to where you think you can stand to improve the most uh, heading into heading into this opportunity to call Titan. Um, one, thank you for your congratulations, and two, I think I can stand to improve on my technique. Um, and I say that broadly because I just want to become the most polished player I possibly can. Um, I think I have a lot of physical gifts, and I put a lot of a lot of things on tape. And if I refine those things and polish those things, I, I could be a, a a great player for this organization. That, that's my goal. Hey Isaiah, I, I want to ask about. Yeah, I read an interview where you were talking about how much you like to run the football because of the mentality of, of wearing down an opponent. With that being the case, how excited are you to come to a team that, that runs the football a lot, and how excited are you about your fit within that? I'm pumped, man. I just want to beat people up. <laughs> if you watch that interview, you saw me say I like beating people up. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting better at every facet of my game, and and I'm ready to work. Channel 2. Hey, Isaiah, congratulations. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Taylor Lewan, but he's a rather large personality. Uh, do you have any concerns about fitting in with him and the rest of that group? Not at all. <laughs> I call myself Panda. I think my personality is pretty large, too. I have no problem. Just a family coach over there, and I'm ready to embrace it and be part of it. Will you have your uh, SpongeBob backpack day one? Can can you repeat that? Will you have your SpongeBob backpack day one? I'm going to have to order another one. I lost that one in high school. I gave it to my little brother, and I don't really know where it is. But if that's that's what follows me, I may buy another one. (laughs) Thank you. Channel 5. Congratulations, Isaiah. Did you get a sense early on that from John Robinson or Coach Frable that they were highly interested in you? That's one with me. Um, one, thank you for the congratulations. And two, I felt like we, we hit it off and connected. Um, nothing was ever said completely in stone. Um, but I, I was just... I was just waiting, and I'm I'm happy that I had the opportunity to be a Titan, and I'm ready to work to to be the best Titan I can be. Channel four. Yeah, hi Isaiah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was just wondering. Uh, you mentioned uh, about Taylor Lewan earlier. You asked about Taylor Lewan. Do you know much about the dynamic of the Titans' offensive line at all? And if so, what have you seen just from watching them on tape? I, I think they they play very well together. Um, they're fun to watch. It's fun to watch people go out and roll great people. It's uh, it's what the game was founded on: great trench work. And it's, it's fun seeing that, that dynamic at play on Sunday. Fox 17. 
Welcome to Nashville, Isaiah. Uh, you touched on this briefly, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more about how much of the Titans' offense you saw last year. On the surface, it appears that they like to do a lot of the things that uh, you guys did at Georgia with a strong running game and then a passing game working off of that with play action. That, it, was that a, a question or a statement? I, I, well, yeah. How, yeah. how much did you see last year? How much did you see last year? And if you did see a lot of it, how much do you fit into what they like to do? Because the two appear to, to do a lot of the same thing. Uh, I mean, I, I think that scheme-wise, I, I could fit in well. Um, yeah. I plan on doing whatever I can to enhance that scheme and to be a part of that scheme and to play as best as I can for the team. And I, I, I saw a lot of it last year. I watched a lot of football. And I, they made a, a playoff run, so I got to watch a few extra games. And I, I think for sure I, I can fit in with the scheme, and I just plan on doing the best I can, and I'm ready to work for Tennessee. And then uh, any other questions or follow-ups we may have? Robbie, yeah. Uh, Tatum Effort with Fox 17. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, Isaiah, congratulations. I really just want to know where you were tonight watching and how the experience was virtually for you and your family. Um, one thing you put a congratulations is to I, I was in my house with my family members. Um, and the experience, it, it's, uh, it's a little nervy. You're sitting there kind of wondering what's going to happen, where you're going to go. But it, it was it was um, a very special moment for me. Um, I don't cry often, and I, I was definitely crying like a baby when I got that phone call. So it was a very special moment for me. Um, I'm happy for all the other guys that, that got to experience that tonight and got that will experience it over the next few days. And I'm I'm just ready to embrace the family culture of being a Titan. I'm ready to work. No, it was, it was definitely a different draft experience uh, for us tonight with with doing um, doing it all virtual. Um, but but you know we um, we felt like we came away with a really really good football player, um, guy that we spent time with, guy that fits us, um, guy that we had had kind of circled and, and, and targeted. Um, and it, it was I know to speak for not to speak for Coach Rabel, but it was fun for my for my family. Uh, for them to see what what dad does on 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 draft day so um you know we'll got a couple more rounds here over the next couple days keep working to build and uh, but excited about the start we that we that we're off to uh Teresa walker has a question for both john and mike hey Teresa. god i had to unmute myself sorry about that uh john uh this guy, I mean, we saw what you all did with Derrick Henry, you know, the, the yards that he ran through, you know, that postseason run. You say this is a guy who kind of fits you. His physical mauling kind of run blocking ability, the biggest thing that attracted you? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he, he's a, I mean, he is a, he's a big man. I mean, it's 6'6", 350 and, and almost 36 inch arms. He's, he's a tough guy um, to get out of the way of. Uh, he's got excellent power. Um, to, to move the line of scrimmage in the run game. Um, and he's, he's tough to get around in the pass game. And, you know, I thought I, thought I saw some blocks um, at, at the highest level in the SEC uh, where he gets up to level two um, and, and he forces linebackers. If he gets his paws on them, um, they're usually done for. Um, but he certainly impacts the path that they take to the back. Do you see him competing at right tackle, or is he going to? Is that the spot you have for him right now? Yeah, he'll compete. He'll compete at right tackle, um, and um, plug in there. And um, you know, him and him and Dennis will battle that out. And um, he's got some things he's got to work on, but you know, really, really like the upside of this guy. And for Mike, uh, he said that when he met you, that uh, you know, it felt like it made a connection pretty quickly. Uh, those hands—they're like over ten inches. When he shook your hand, what were your thoughts? Well, he walked into the room at the combine, Teresa, and uh, he came. I, I came up to about his chest, and then I looked up, and I'm like, he turned sideways to get into the door at the uh, at the dome. So uh, he is a big man, but he's well proportioned. Um, you know, it's, it's not like he, he's he's 
top heavy or he carries all his weight. And, I mean, he just, he's a massive player that uh, we're excited to start working with as soon as we can. And sounds like that's going to be uh, here at a rookie minicamp, a virtual rookie minicamp. Uh, Luke had a question for John and Mike. Yeah, I'll start with you, uh, Mike. You know, what is it about Isaiah's game that maybe can improve to take take it to the next level? He was talking to us about technique. Well, maybe what specifically about the technique needs to, needs to improve? Well, we all have to improve, Luke. I mean, we're not going to sit there and, and nitpick our entire roster, but that's our job as we start our offseason program uh, on Monday. Uh, it's going to start with a learning phase. Uh, we're going to get the rookies in here on May 8th, and that's going to start a, a, a whole new process for them. And, uh, you know, we all can continue to improve. And, and he's going he's gonna to learn things that he didn't learn at Georgia, and they're going to have done things differently. Uh, but we're excited to start working with him um, just, just from a skill set, from a size, from a length, um, and, and from a power quotient. And, you know, this guy, he's a, he's a great teammate. He cares about his teammates and, and, and Kirby Smart. Uh, couldn't say enough great things about him, and uh, and we're excited to, to get going with him. And then, John, you, you talked some when we got to you earlier this week about having to strike the balance between building for the future and also realizing you have games this season to win. I was wondering how Isaiah fits into that sort of idea. Is this someone that you look for down the road to be a contributor, or, or is this guy going to make the Titans a better football team in 2020? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's definitely going to make us a, a better football team. Um, you know, we, we try to get as many you know, good football players at, at, at every position as possible. Um, and, and, and he's a guy that certainly fits, fits that, fits that, that uh, mold. And, um, you know, just stylistically the way he plays. Uh, we've talked about his size and his length and his power. Um, you know, just like, I, like Vrabel and I both have said, excited, excited to, to work with him and uh, know that he's going to help our football team. Thank uh, you. John Glennon had questions for uh, both. Yeah, I'll start with uh, with Mike. Um, Mike, just in talking to Isaiah on the, on the teleconference there, it sounded like a guy with a, with a pretty large personality to, to match his size. Um, what did you, you know, a couple of his quotes, you know, he likes to, to beat people up and he likes to, to break a man's will. What kind of sense of a personality uh, did you get from him? And does he seem to be a guy that, that would fit in with the, the rest of your guys there on the line? I think he'll fit in great. I think they'll love him. I mean, he is a, is a massive – it almost comes across as, um, you know, jolly. You know what I mean? He's got this big chuckle. And, we kept, you know, he kept saying, well, I don't really, you know, talk a lot of trash. But, you know, when I pancake guys, I just kind of chuckle. And he had this deep chuckle, and we kept laughing. And, um you know, the easiest way to fit in with teammates is to is to learn what to do as quickly as possible and, and play as hard as you possibly can. And that, that's how you that's how you fit in the best. So that's always my suggestion and recommendation to, to any player, especially young ones. Thanks. And uh, and John, um, were you specifically targeting offensive line in the first round or was it just a case of the player and then maybe? Also, if you could just take a brief look ahead to, to tomorrow as well, what might be on deck? Yeah, John, I mean, I think that, you know, we talked about it um, a little earlier in the week that we thought that position group really had some, had several premium players uh, in it. And I think you saw that tonight with the number of guys that came off, uh, came off the board. Um, and and, and there, were, there were other positions that, that we were looking at that felt um, that Isaiah was, was really just, just the right player for us. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we, we talked a little bit. Uh, we had a little bit of action there um, at, at 29. It kind of fizzled out uh, late. Uh, but we'll, we'll get back in the ring uh, tomorrow night and uh, keep punching at this thing. Uh, Paul Kaparski had questions for both. Yeah, I was hoping uh, you could both speak to uh, what maybe uh, Isaiah's work as a lacrosse player and as a wrestler did to expand his uh, his physical skills at the high school uh, level. Did you see any film of either of those? No, I didn't. I didn't look back at the high school lacrosse or, or the or the wrestling film. But I mean, with we, we knew that he he was a multi sport athlete, and 
And I think you could see that, that he had a background um, uh, athletically and size and with his kind of hand-to-hand combat skills where the wrestling uh, transcended. Um, and his athleticism, you could see where he was probably a pretty big player on the lacrosse field. But, you know, I thought that that, that just showed uh, his athleticism, the fact that he was able to do that. Mike, we hear a lot about uh, wrestlers sometimes on the defensive line. What kind of uh, possibilities does that add for a large man who's maybe had some hand-to-hand combat in that regard? Yeah, I've always thought about that. You know, I mean, I think the best wrestler, I mean, again, there's there's been a few that have made it to the NFL, but um, Stephen Neal was a wrestler, and Stephen Neal was a teammate of mine at, at – um, at New England, and, and you think about it, what, what wrestlers are trying to do when they work like double underhooks and things like that is they're trying to get as close to the guy as they can, which is what you're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball as, as it relates to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and defensively, you know, what we're coaching is we're trying to keep as much separation as we possibly can from those guys so they can't, you know, tie you up and cover you up. So um, I think it translates very well. You know, I think it, I think it does, it's, you know, trying to, um, get him in here and get him going as, as soon as we can on, on what Keith and Sully and, and, and Chandler are trying to coach those guys. John, how much, uh, how good did you feel about the way cornerbacks broke? Does that give you a, a lot with what's with what's left? Not a lot was coming off the board for a good stretch there. Yeah, that right there, kind of at the end, uh, it, there was a little, there was a little bit of a run, but yeah, we were watching that. But there's, you know, we feel like there's still some players uh, at that position group. Um, you know, we'll see how, how long they, they last tomorrow um, and, and the rest of the weekend. You know, again, I think I think the depth of that position group um, is pretty good for the next for the next two days. Um, but our, I mean, our, our board, it, it came off kind of how kind of how we we had it stacked, if you will, um, with the players that were selected tonight. Eric had a question for John. Hey, John, uh, you mentioned um, getting some action there at 29. I'm curious if, if this year, uh, maybe more so than, than in years past, it was any more difficult getting in touch with teams, and maybe if you could just touch on what the virtual experience was like this year. Yeah, I think I think for, as far as for the communication piece, um, I had a couple text messages, a couple calls on my cell phone, um, a couple calls on, my, on, my, on the land phone here. Um, and, and the value never really manifested itself. And then a couple of teams kind of were interested, and then their guys came off the board there late uh, and ahead of, ahead of us, so that, that kind of knocked them out. Um, but I thought the communication was, was, was excellent uh, from the league. Uh, we were able to hear the picks uh, by, a, by a speakerphone. The website worked um, out well. Um, from, as far as for a communication piece, the, the connection with the scouts, and, and Coach Vrabel uh, was was really good, and Amy, and um, the uh, the virtual it, it was it, like I said it was it was different, um, but but my girls got to pop in at the draft room and they raved about how cool it was to to see the experience and to see how um, Dad kind of does uh, his thing on, on draft night, um, and I think it was and I, it was it was a different way of doing it, but I think at the end of the day, uh, the process worked well. Uh, Jared Stillman had a question for John. Yeah, John, a lot's been made about uh, Wilson as a run blocker, but what did you see, especially against that high-end SEC talent and those pass rushers in pass protection? Yeah, I think um, you know, like I said, he's such a he's such a, a large man, and he's got a huge wingspan. Um, a lot of those, he's just a hard guy to to get around. Um, and he's got enough length that if, if you know if somebody does corner on him, he can he can use that length to push him by. Um, and, and he, he it, it's 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 going to be hard to, to run through him when you try to power him because he does have good band and he can drop his weight and anchor against those power rushers. Um, like Coach Brable said, I mean there's some there's some technique things that all of our players got to clean up, and that's no different for, for Isaiah or the other players that we're gonna that we're gonna pick you know over the next couple days. Um, they all got to work on little things to, to get their game better. Uh, Jim Wyatt had questions for both. Yeah, I guess right out of the gate, I know you guys, both of you can address this. I know you talked about looking for players that have to be self-disciplined this offseason. What kind of challenge will rookies face who have you not, you've not been able to put your hands on? And how do you think Isaiah right out of the gate will do from that standpoint as far as getting himself ready when it is time to report? 
Um, you know, I think from a from a self-discipline standpoint, um, he came across as a really mature guy, a really intelligent guy, um, uh, a guy that's, you know, he kept saying on the call, I'm ready to go to work, I'm ready to go to work, and that's everything that we heard uh, coming out of Georgia. Uh, was that he, he was a hard worker, he was a coachable guy. Uh, so I think he is a self-disciplined guy and he's excited for the opportunity. But you're right, all of these rookies, they'll have to, you know, they all have to kind of acclimate themselves to the program here a different way than most rookies. Uh, but we feel like we've got a plan in place uh, to hopefully get those guys up to speed pretty quick. And I guess, Mike, if you could hit that one as well. Yeah, uh, you know, we talked about being self-motivated, uh, making sure that, you know, that each guy is trying to hold each other accountable. You know, the off-season program is voluntary for, for our veteran players. Um, we expect great turnout, I would imagine. I'm excited to, to see our guys back on, on a virtual setting on Monday. But, uh, you know, they, these rookies, we're going to try to, um, you know, install the same stuff that we would, you know, that normally and, and, and give them a lot and, and see what they can handle. And, again, I'm excited to, to see the hard work that the coaches have put in you know, with our playbooks and, and some of the voiceover stuff that they've done uh, for, for our players. Uh, that they can they can take a look at and for the rookies and, and again we'll start working with them as as soon as we can and then have the mini camp on, on May eighth. And one more for you, Mike. I know I know John talked about having his daughters experience a little bit. What what was going on behind you when they showed? I mean, the it's been a long, I mean, it's been a long quarantine over here, man. We got a bunch <laughs> of uh, nineteen and eighteen year old kids, and uh, you know they they they're stir crazy. And, and again, they they saw all the uh, the other kids as the draft wore on, and they said, well. We'll, we'll give our own little spin to it. Um, it was fun. And, you know, I know that there's some pictures going around. Tyler was not using the restroom. Tyler was sitting on a bar stool next to his mom. And uh, as fate would have it, um, it, it came across as probably something other than that. So, you know, obviously Tyler and ja or Carter and Jackson, um, you know, wanted to be a part of it and, and stand behind me. And Tyler wanted nothing to do with it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, See where Tyler goes and, and tries to head back to Boston College here when, when things clean up. Carter, wearing your old Pro Bowl uniform. I don't know where he found it, Jim. I have no idea. I haven't seen that since the day they gave it to me. I have no idea. It's made three different moves. <laughs> uh, Buck had a question for both. Uh, actually, just for you, John. Um, the, the plan for the rookies, I guess you can't really give us details, but what, what I guess – what, what, the, what is the structure of that going to look like when there's not really a precedent for this kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, like, like Coach Vrabel said, we'll, we'll get them the, 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 the technology and, and start, start the install um, of the offense, defense, and, and kicking game. You know, we've, we've got a plan in place for um, our, our player development staff with, with Chiki Giasi to start to, act, to start to acclimate them, you know, to things that, that's going to come up um, as professional athletes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on a call with them and, and talk about my expectations uh, for the class. Um, it'll be the same speech that I've given every draft class. And um, I'd say every draft class has done a good job of, of listening and understanding what the expectation level is here with our football program. And, um, and then the, co the coaches will jump in and get working on the, you know, the offense, uh, defense, and special teams. Actually, Mike, Teresa just texted me and wants to know if you uh, changed your backdrop upon her suggestion. Yes, Teresa. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Thanks, guys. Uh, Terry had one had questions for both. Mike, uh, how much did uh, Isaiah being in a run-based offense at the University of Georgia give you guys an idea in, in evaluating him that he might be a good fit for the scheme that you guys run based around the run game? Well, there's a little bit of that. You know, I think just being able to watch and see him um, play in that conference, you know, I mean, I think it's really easy to, to see, you know, NFL players when you, when you watch as many players get drafted from the SEC and from that conference. Uh, but there's great players in every conference. It just, you don't have to look too far to, to see them play against some, some really talented players. And then, you know, it's our job to, to make sure that we're, we're giving the players the best opportunity to, to do their job in, in whatever scheme that is. And, um, you know, ideally you're going to be able to play in multiple different schemes and, and whether that be a, you know, gap scheme, zone scheme, 
uh, quick game, screens, uh, drop back pass, play action pass. You know, those are all things that are in our offense, and, and we'll find out what we're doing best, uh, you know, when we can finally get out on the field. But, you know, there's certainly a lot of elements to, to the game that um, they were doing at Georgia that will translate here. And, John, can you talk a little bit about last year you drafted Nate Davis. He plugged in at the right guard position, and Isaiah's going to come in and battle at right tackle. Can you talk about getting younger and stronger over on that right side of the line over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anytime you can you can add um, youth and, and strength and, and power and, and length uh, to the offensive line position, um, that's, you know, that's good. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, to try to do that. We've got, um, you know, we've got, it's a good mix with that position group. Um, Coach Rabel talks about it a lot. That's, he really likes going in that, in that meeting room with those guys. And we feel like Isaiah will fit in with that, that room uh, really, really well. Uh, learn from those guys, you know, Taylor and, and, and Dennis and Roger and, and certainly Ben Jones and um, help get him up to speed as quick as possible. Teron had uh, questions for both. Uh, for first, for you, uh, J. Rob, as you're looking at the board and you see the run on tackles, obviously, you know, you felt you could still get Isaiah Wilson. What was it that separated him from some of the other guys that you had uh, an option of picking at, at the tackle position? Yeah, I think uh, I think that you know he he was a guy um, that when you spend um, time with. It, it different. It's 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 different. You know, this year we talked about it uh, on the on the on the pre-draft presser. Um, you know, with the FaceTime calls, and, and you don't get that face-to-face um, -face interaction outside of our interview with him at the combine. Um, but but really really liked him in the 18 or 20 minutes that we spent at the combine. Came across as an extremely mature uh, guy, extremely smart guy. Um, he he did have that that low base chuckle laugh it kind of reminded me of andre the giant a couple of times when he was sitting there chuckling um but just re really you know really kind of took a liking to him there um certainly we liked him on tape leading into the combine but then as we spent some time with him you know over the course of the spring with the video conferences got to know him him a little bit better and um you know felt like he would be an outstanding fit for our team yeah, my apologies, Coach. I had three for you, but they all got taken. So better luck next time, hopefully. Doesn't bother me one bit, D.D. <laughs> Joe Rexrode had one for Vrabel. Ooh, all right, that didn't take too long. All right, I got a really important follow-up for you here, Mike, on the scene at your house. How much uh, planning went into that? And, and the, the kid to your right, was that like a superhero kind of thing going on? A long story, Joe. We we we. Uh, so Jackson's been with us for for over a year now. Uh, graduated with Carter. They, he was gonna. That that's the freeze from the Atlanta uh, the Atlanta Braves, and then they, he races the guy. So Father Ryan baseball team this year. The season got canceled. Jen was gonna, you know, make Jackson race the students to try to get more kids to come out to the games, and so she ordered the freeze costume. So. When the season got canceled, we were sitting here with an extra freeze costume. And, you know, again, a lot of, a lot of kids got high school kids, 18, 19 years old. And I think that probably came together in about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, I would imagine. Uh, Chris Harris had one for Mike. Hey, yeah, mine was about, uh, yeah, that specific thing, uh, the, the freeze costume and how that came about. So good job, Rexy. Uh, Zach had one for Vrabel. Yeah, hey, Coach. Uh, how much did, did this particular pick go to the identity of your football team and what you guys want to be? Well, I mean, that's kind of what John and I always want to be. I mean, we want a team that's smart, tough, physical. Um, we stress effort. We stress putting the team first. Uh, and, and you have to do that at the lines of scrimmage and, and how critical uh, that is. And we were lucky from, from a health standpoint. Um, and, and so you can never have enough, you know, good, good offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, and, and 
guys that you can develop and work with and guys that you feel like can come in and compete. Um, that, that's who we are. That's how we're going we're gonna to play. And that's, um, you know, I think what both of us believe in. And so uh, when he sees that and sees how we play, uh, he wants to, and we want to, uh, try to continue to add players that will help us uh, with that identity. And Karski had one last one, and then that'll finish us up. You want him at three fifty, guys? It, it, is that the appropriate weight for him, or you, you want him slimmed and toned a little bit from there? You know, I, I what we'll do is we come in and we evaluate everybody, and I think um, having not having the chance to see any of our players, there's going to be an evaluation process that has to happen with with Frank and his staff, with Todd and his staff, uh, and with John and I. And, and that will all get determined, Paul, uh, when we find out how these guys move around. And a lot of that is with, you know, body comp. Um, but this isn't this isn't a player that has a high percentage of body fat for, for what his weight is, uh, as crazy as that may sound. So that's not going to get answered today. We, we base uh, most of those decisions on what guys look like and how they function on the field uh, and what we feel like is the best way for them uh, to do their job. That's going to do it for us tonight. We will recap. Uh, I'm, you know, we're working overtime here for you on the 615 Sessions podcast. We will recap all three rounds after the conclusion of Saturday night's NFL draft once we are through this whole thing and you will hear from all of those prospects that the Tennessee Titans have acquired. So until Saturday night, this has been the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.